0: Today we have the privilege of meeting two brand new guys that we, I don't know personally, but we're going to get to know quite soon. Jason Rabert and Kevin van Nieker. Now, van Niekerk is already a good surname right there. So I'm a van Niekerk too, you see. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a bias towards good people. But we're going to start with Jason. Jason, will yeah. you introduce Kevin to us? Because he can't tell us that he's a cool guy. But if you tell us personality-wise, who is this guy?
1: He's actually a pretty average guy. <laughs> I'm nothing for it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, Kevin's an awesome guy. We actually met in Gapia in 2019 at, in JBay, Victory Gapia. And he's got quite a soft heart. He loves helping people. He can't say no if someone needs help. He's always, yes, and I'm there. And uh, I think that's what really makes him so special and such an awesome guy to work with because he's always keen, he's always game to do. Whatever songs we want, whatever ideas I've got, he's always got ideas to add to them and make them better. But he's always keen. So, yeah.
0: Personality-wise, is he a quiet guy or is he outgoing?
1: We've actually spoken about this. So <laughs> because we're part of church, we have to kind of be a bit more outgoing and greeting people and saying hi. But he's he's quite introverted. Um, I think his social battery kind of gets strained quite quickly. So he like, he enjoys people but he enjoys his his own time a lot more because not a lot more just he needs it in order to kind of function you know.
0: Ah okay. People like that when they choose their friends it's it's um a privilege to be chosen because they only choose the best <laughs> ones. Um Kevin, uh, who's Jason?
2: Oh uh, so Jason's my best bro. He's my best friend overall just a really solid guy. He's um a strong leader. He's a true worshiper. He's a worship leader at heart. He's got a real passion for it. And
0: is he also a closet introvert?
2: Actually, when I first met Jason in our gap year in 2019, he was quite introverted from like, you know, a bit more reserved. But uh, Jason's become a lot more outgoing.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah no, no, but he um, really solid guy. Love this man.
0: Jason, I am curious, because being part of the rabid legacy all over this country, mm. I mean, you don't what arrive without people having a preconceived idea of who you are and what to expect of you. You can't help it. It's already there. How do you do this yeah. now when you enter a youth ministry, specifically? If you're in the youth band, and you're doing that thing, and you're on a stage, it's like you're already walking in what people have decided for you.
1: Mm. Does that
0: bother you, or do you just, oh, well, God has to do what God has to do?
1: Yeah, I think it might bother some, but for me, I just, I celebrate my family and my the legacy, my grandpa and, and my dad, and they've put ahead of me because like, I just, I really, I, you can sense the generational blessing. Like, I just thank God for how my great grandpa served God, my Grandpa served God and my, was in the ministry. My dad's serving God and is in the ministry. And now I can do the same. And I'm praying to God that my kids will do the same. And sometimes there's these preconceived ideas. Yeah, I can't help it. But when I walk into a room and I and people bring up, hey, I knew your grandpa or I, knew, I know your dad. I'm like, cool. I'm like, that's that's awesome. I, I celebrate them. But also I'm my own person. I'm not going to try mold myself into what people think I should be. Um, I'm kind of like finding a balance between creating my own like rabid ministry in a sense, but also keeping kind of a legacy going because I'm not ashamed at all. I celebrate my heritage and my legacy, so it's awesome.
0: Yeah, the one thing is, if we're talking preconceived ideas, is that people would expect that you would have a faith like your predecessors, you know, Um, that you believing in Jesus is a given because you've grown up in a house of giants. Um, And I'm wondering Mm. whether it's something that you had to make out for yourself at some stage, whether you were confronted with this thing that is what I believe given down to me through the generations. Mm. I've been prayed through so much I didn't actually have a choice that you had to decide at some stage that whether this is actually real for you as Jason.
1: Yeah it's these are like tough questions that people really need to ask themselves especially in families that have taught christianity but i have no doubt that i've chosen jesus christ for myself um, not as something shoved down my throat or something that i've been forced to believe but something that i genuinely believe i've chosen because i've seen the effects that not having jesus in your life can have and It's not something I want. It's something I love being able to rely on God and know that he's there for me and know that I'm serving a God that cannot be over-exaggerated because he's so much more than I could ever imagine. My, my, my carnate mind cannot comprehend God. And I just, I love the thought of that. I've often thought and prayed against ever, maybe leaving the faith. Like I think of it, I'm like, Lord, don't let me, don't let me ever wander because I want to serve you. I want to. Love you for the rest of my life.
0: Mm. Kevin, did you grow up in the same kind of background? Not necessarily a ministry background, but Christian background. How did you meet Jesus?
2: Yes. So I also grew up in a Christian household. So um, my parents are both Christian, my dad and my mom. And like, so I grew up, my mom taught me and I would go to Sunday school but, um, you know, there, there does come a point where you do have to make that choice for yourself. And um, that, for me, happened more towards the end of high school because I always believed and I always knew. But during high school, I kind of drifted and um, started hang, hung out with the wrong crowd. And, um, and then there was just this drift. And then there was a point where um, I wouldn't necessarily say rock bottom wasn't that bad, but there was a point where I was like, no, you know, what am I doing? And, you know, there's just like this whole shift. And then I had a f- new, fresh encounter with God at one of uh, one of the youth camps I went on to. And uh, f- that's where I gave my life to the, rededicated my life to the Lord and I got baptized.
0: So Jason, I am also wondering, um, as a Christian, as specifically as a young person, who is totally convinced mm. of what you believe? Um, when yeah. you're surrounded by lots of people who believe what they believe, you know. Uh, and I'm not talking about other religions. I'm talking about as a young person in a in a world where everything goes and and sin is fine and and that is more the norm. When you get to when you get to, to school um, and universities and that kind of thing, it's we're very very liberal and postmodern at the moment. And and I'm wondering. Mm. Because your heart is to reach people with the music or just with, with conversation, when you're surrounded by people with totally different opinions, or do you only speak to Christians? I'm wondering, when you have conversations with mm. people who are not Christian, that divide, yeah, does it make you more quiet or does it make you more determined to talk to people, especially when it's so hard to convince people who've already made up their minds?
1: Mm. I think there's different approaches to it because some people would just have those conversations flat out like no filter sometimes and it's like, kind of feels like you're forcing your opinion on other people and my approach generally tends to be more of just a relational approach where I'm just getting to know the person I'm talking to and they can hopefully catch my heart and they can catch Jesus in me because I don't want to to try to force something on someone when God just wants me just to be relational, just to show these people or show someone that Christians aren't, aren't these people on a pedestal that can just be normal human beings in a sense. Because I think there's been this idea a lot of on Christians that sometimes is not so is most times not accurate because they think Christians shouldn't sin, which and so we're all hypocrites. Um, In my studies, I'm doing theology and so I did some apologetics and I put out some surveys and the main issue that non-believers had with Christians was hypocrisy. And that kind of surprised me, kind of didn't, because you often hear Christians are hypocrites. But I think if we can show that we make mistakes too, we're really humans as well. It's not like we're some perfect human beings that never sin again. Yeah. And so that's kind of been my approach more so. Where I'm, if I'm around people that's got more liberal ideas and philosophies, I just kind of just, I don't try to shut down any ideas. I kind of just explain my side, but it's more just the heart of showing that I care for people.
0: Exactly. In a world where people don't, where people literally Mm. don't care for people. Um, Kevin, I must say, uh, you're part of Choose Life and Choose Life is quite a big church. And when I'm thinking about if you want to influence people, it's, it'll be great just to get them to church because even the young people is a strong group. It's a big group. There's, I'm not talking necessarily peer pressure, but there's an there's a atmosphere where, where people will, will maybe even listen because there's a welcoming atmosphere and an honest, a sincere kind of joyous atmosphere that's part of a church, a nice big church as well, being part of something like that, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I know, 100%. And um, it's actually something that we've also been, that we're trying to focus on. Um, I'm going to talk a bit more now specifically um, the young adults ministry that we run, which is, on a Sunday night, it's uh, something we've also now trying to be more intentional with, especially going into this year, is the people aspect. Like we've spoken at our meetings, we want to, like a focus wants to be bringing people in and also just making them feel welcome. Because I feel also a lot of times, you know, going to a new church, especially like as a visitor sometimes, especially as a young adult or like a teen, it can be quite uh, intimidating at first, you know? So, you know, it's really cool. It's something that I feel we, we do really well as a church.
0: I'm just thinking of Hagar um, when when she says he's the God who sees me, and she was someone who didn't deserve to be seen. For goodness' sake, she was rude and she was condescending to Sarah, and and she'd run away. But she, you know, there were reasons why Sarah was so mean to her. And here she is, and she becomes the first person that Jesus appears to. And when he leaves her, she says that he's the God who sees me. And so many times you feel. That's what we need in church is, is for people to be seen, to be to be someone to stop and actually care enough, not just the preacher in front. You know, or the lots yeah. of people and you fit into a group and you, you can actually vanish in the masses. To be, to be seen is something that this world needs desperately. So many lonely people and broken people don't trust us because we just want to convert them and slot them into a church and never speak to them again. <laughs> so I think if you're all about <laughs> yeah, people like- this year, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, and no, I, I I agree. Eh? Like it's it's very. I feel like sometimes it's it's very e- it's very easy to feel like a number sometimes. But I have to say, like, uh, like I haven't f- coming to choose life because I joined in the beginning of last year. Like, yes, choose life is a big church, but the minute you walk in there, like people make you feel like family. Because
1: I think in terms of the family aspect, feeling part of a number is is a trap that that can sometimes take people away from church. But that's where the, the value of life groups and cell groups come into play. Because when you have cell group leaders then you can be introduced to this leader and he'll get you slotted into a family, in a sense, a mini family of the bigger family um, of a church. That's why um, Choose Life has put a lot of emphasis on, on cell groups and life groups. We've got a one pastor that dedicates his all-time just to life groups. That's what he's employed to do. And if you can get life groups right and get people part of that, they'll definitely feel part of a family.
0: Yeah, to be actually seen there. Okay, let's get to the music. And um, Choose Life is a very strong music ministry. Oh, my word. So I've spoken to quite a few of the people there that, that are involved and they are very passionate about the music. So you guys, for this round, this single is from the Choose Life Youth Project. It's specific something that the young people have done. But you are part of the bigger mm. music picture. Why is, why is Choose Life so passionate about music or do you just happen to have many musicians?
1: Um, I think because we've got musicians and god's blessed us with them so we're going to use them but also god's just me specifically now given me such a passion for music and i wanted to share it but in terms of choose life um there's definitely a calling and a destiny that god's put on on this church to reach people through music and we've we've gone through different stages we started with wanting just to be on tv and getting cameras and being able to make a proper little production just to put on TV once a week, we go to FBN and TVN. And so that was the first step. And now we're able to go the next step and from sermon to to worship, being able to reach people and now to make singles and worship um, actual little videos and songs like produced songs. That's for me, the next the next chapter that we're entering in because at the moment we're just doing a whole bunch of singles and it's actually, that's how it started because of COVID. Um, We wanted to do another album, but because of COVID and we can't have people in church, we didn't, we decided just to do a few singles. Hmm. And I think by the end of this year, we're hoping to do some sort of um, live album of where all the singles come together. And also on a, on a more spiritual note, worship, obviously as a lifestyle, but through music, it's just a whole different expression of our love for the Lord. And it's a, it's a way that many people can relate to, because sometimes a sermon, um, is more theological and it's more, you have to think about what's being said and let it take root. But in worship, it's just like a soaking sometimes and a just proclaiming of God's goodness. And it's for me, worship that we can see the power of music, even in the secular world. Mm-hmm. Um, even in like I think in general the Christian communities have kind of been slow to grab onto um, things of, that can be used so effectively for ministry. For instance, television and movies and stuff. In the past, I remember hearing the older generation saying, Don't go to the movies, that's for that's where Satan is, and don't <laughs> dance because <laughs> Satan and these days it sounds weird, like why would they think that? But in those days, the the Christians were very held back and kind of just reserved because they just they were kind of close to anything new, and so that's where Satan, I feel, the enemy took um, advantage. And movies and music was always quite, very secular. But now that the Christian community is able to and we're growing a lot more in these regards, um, I think movies are also stepping up. I think you know the the series The Chosen. Yeah, that's really. That 's like awesome. next level mm. production stuff there, and that's really, really awesome stuff, um, but now more specifically in music, we've seen how music influences people and how it's in the secular world, some crazy artist can really through anger, be able to convey that anger into his listeners, and then they suddenly start wanting to punch people and um, that's just what i 've heard <laughs> um, in worship now
0: yeah
1: we can we can more. We can do good. Mm.
0: No, that's true. That's true. People want to follow the ministry. If they want to connect with Choose Life or any of the music or any of the messages that comes out from this congregation specifically, where do they go?
1: Um, So you can go to chooselifeworship.com. There's also a bunch of our social media pages like Choose Life Worship, Choose Life Church, Um, Young Adults, Choose Life Young Adults, Choose Life Pulse Youth. That's our youth ministry. Um, All. So it's all over the social media platforms. So Facebook, Instagram. I think we're starting a TikTok (laughs) profile now.
0: Okay, YouTube account as well.
1: Yeah, so YouTube we have, the the Young Adults has a YouTube channel
2: and the Choose Life Church.
0: Okay, wonderful. Tell me about the song, Greatly to be Praised. If I listen to the song for the first time, lyric-wise, what is it that you want me to hear?
1: Yeah, Greatly to be Praised. I think it starts with an inward thought of what God does for us and how great he is and how marvelous he is. And then it moves outward to just proclaiming great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Um, It comes straight from Psalms 147. Um, The lyrics of the song are literally just the Psalms. So if I read it here, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars and gives them all their names. Great is the Lord, abundant in power. Um, his understanding is beyond all measure. And so for me, that when I was reading that psalm, I just I was like, I need to sing this. And then so pretty much the heart of the song is just to proclaim and to remind people of the things God does. He heals the brokenhearted, binds up their wounds. He's so great that he determines, them. he knows the number of the stars and he's given them their names. He's abundant in power. And so it's it's pretty much a song of reminding people Uh, The power of God. And then it's a response. Great is the Lord greatly to be praised.